whakataka te hau ki te uru, whakataka te hau ki te tonga. Kia mā kinekina ki uta, kia mā taratara ki tai. I hiaki ana te atākura, he teo, he huka, he hauhunga, haumie huie tai ki e. Kei ngā hau e whāra rau mai ki te hui, Māori Current Affairs for All New Zealanders. E taroa ki nei. What would you do if you discovered your ancestor was party to one of the darkest moments in Aotearoa's history? It's a violent occupation, it's malevolent. It's intended to oppress and suppress the people of Parihaka. Academic Richard Shaw is using his family's past to enlighten others. There was an extraordinary social, political, economic and cultural revolution and all of it is based on land that was taken from other people. I think the courage that Richard had in doing this work is really around how Richard perceives the way in which the country can become. Then our special panel discusses the introduction of Aotearoa New Zealand history into the school curriculum. Writing a family memoir took an unexpected plot twist for academic Richard Shaw after he uncovered his family's involvement in the invasion of Parihaka and the alienation of tangata whenua from their land in the late 1800s. Using only historical records, Shaw discovered his Irish great-grandfather's role in the military campaign on the Taranaki settlement, which was a bastion of peaceful resistance. It's a story he details in his book, The Forgotten Coast, and is sharing with others around the motu. Rawani Pereira. The invasion of Parihaka in 1881 is a painful chapter in Aotearoa's history. There were 1,299,000 acres that were taken from Manu Whenua, and these are our three small slices of that land. Now in his memoir, writer Richard Shaw delves into his family's past, revealing some home truths. People's land was stolen and my great-grandfather was a beneficiary of that process. One of the real benefits of having this come out now is that we're able to engage in it in a much more in-depth way than we ever were in the past. The unsettling facts behind a settler family story. I could avoid knowing anything about any of it for 55 years. To me, that's what Pagia privilege looks like. It's right, there it is, right there. So this is Parihaka A. That's the section of the farm that my great-grandmother bought. Politics no, professor Richard Shaw has spent hours poring over official colonial documents and material to research his family's history, to write his book, The Forgotten Coast. Oh, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. OK, so it runs in here. We see the best of ourselves on the Western Front. 20,000 kilometres away, we don't see the best of ourselves here in our own wars. He's uncovered some painful truths about his family's involvement in the Parihaka invasion, where 1,600 troops invaded the peaceful settlement. Among them, Shaw's great-grandfather, Andrew Gilhooley. I grew up with a photo on my parents' wall of Andrew Gilhooley, who was the captain of the armed constabulary rugby team. I'm 58 years old and I grew up with that photo and it never occurred to me 
to ask who this man was, why so little was spoken of him and known of him in my family. Kilhooley escaped British colonialism, immigrating from Ireland to become a Taranaki farmer and joined the armed constabulary, the force behind the invasion into Parihaka Pa on November 5th, 1881. Which farm was that on? Where that was on, on the one on the coast side. Shaw learned that his great-grandfather came to own three pieces of farmland, all confiscated from mana whenua sharing that knowledge with his family, including his mum, Liz Shaw. There's a whole lot of Okaroas. There's Harriet Tuta, Teresa Okaroa. Let's call it what it was, which was people's land was stolen. And my great-grandfather was a beneficiary of that process. It's quite easy for me to drive down the south road with mum, as I often do when I come back, and I see a beautiful landscape, and I see farms, and I see Taranaki Maung, and I think, geez, that's gorgeous. Uh, and I had the privilege to do that. But I rather suspect that Mana Whenua see a trauma scape rather than a landscape. Richard's also been touring the country, giving talks about his book, audiences learning another side to a dark chapter in Aotearoa's history. There was an extraordinary social, political, economic and cultural revolution, and all of it is based on land that was taken from other people. The military occupation on Parihaka lasted for five years. Pacifist leaders, Te Fiti o Rongomai and Tohu Kākahi, were jailed without trial for more than a year. It's a violent occupation, it's malevolent. It's intended to oppress and suppress the people of Parihaka, but I can't avoid the historical fact that my great-grandfather was a part of the invasion force that massed outside Parihaka on the morning of the 5th of November 1881, and more than that, he was there for four years as part of the occupation. Today, Richard is meeting with Taranaki tribal historian, Professor Ruakeri Hond. Ruakeri is supportive of Richard's work and how the book is shedding light on their painful past from a Pākehā point of view. Looking at it from a really localised, personal perspective is something that really hasn't been done. Do you think it's brave of Richard to do this? It's brave to take on the project itself because it is such a difficult project. There's information in the cupboard that has been hidden away for so long. My school photos show how many Māori students there were, and most of the, the white students were my cousins anyway, yep, Flemings yep. and whoever yep, else. Yep. Being back on the farmland where Richard's mother grew up, knowing what they know now is unsettling. We never thought there was any different. We mm. just all the same. Mm -hmm. Never thought any different at all. The irony that Andrew Gilhooley himself was stripped of his land by British colonials back in Ireland isn't lost on them. Well, I quite often take the view that violence begets violence, that people that grow up in certain situations sometimes act out the same violence that was acted out upon them. An older road coming into Parihaka. Yes. When England came to Aotearoa, they saw themselves as establishing another England and Māori was simply in the way of that. Māori had views of uh, asserting authority and their mana in this country, and that just wasn't part of the picture of what government wanted to achieve. 
So not a lot of that is surprising. After three generations, Richard's family sold their land to other farmers in the 1970s. Do you think that that land should go back to Manafenua? I think in a perfect world, it would. I don't see a political project at the moment which would ensure that that happens. There have been people who have written to me and said, you should return that land or your family should return that land. Do you think it's easier though writing your history and the book when it's no longer in your families? Oh hell yeah, yeah, no question. If I was, you know, a one part owner of that land and you asked me the question, shouldn't you give the land back? I would be squirming in my seat. A celebration of a little surveyor who was very complicit in this arrangement. Yeah. Um, Richard Shaw says what he can do now is start a conversation, unable to stand by and stay silent about the wrongdoings of the past. Richard, thank you so much for coming here to share. He's providing leadership. His story isn't always going to be met with applause, both from Māori and from non-Māori. His story is um, maybe denied. His story may be... Um, counted by other perspectives, which I think is good. For the people who still live at Parihaka, it's an opportunity to recount history through a different lens. I think the courage that Richard had in doing this work is really around how Richard perceives the way in which the country can become. I'm not going to take your money yeah, and I'm going to sell the land to the farmer. Going through this process, he is acting out how he wants to see this country come to terms with, um, with our, our shared experience. As long as that conversation continues, well then the work that Richard has done will continue to have value. I am deeply grateful that Professor Hond, perhaps other people too, said this can go into the world. Overwhelmingly, the responses that I've had have been really constructive ones and quite positive ones, and I, I had not expected this. The biggest gift that they have given me is the ability to stop the forgetting and to end the silence. Kei wariwari tātou. Nā Rawane Pereira Tera Pūrongo, and a special thanks to Pukiariki Library in Ngamotu and also the Alexander Turnbull Library. Kia maitonu after the break we discuss teaching our history in schools. Me mātai whakamuri, kia anga whakamua. From 2023, Aotearoa New Zealand's histories will be taught in kura and schools. To discuss what our kids might learn and how it will enhance our national identity, I'm joined by Te Kura Taia GM of Culture at Ngāti Whātua Orake and former lead kayako, Graham Ball, Chair of New Zealand History Teachers Association, and former youth MP Christian Dennison, who presented to the Māori Affairs Select Committee regarding history in schools. Tēnā koutou, nau mai haramai. E hari tonu ngā mihi ki a koe te tūngane, a mō te matinga o tō tātou rangatira, whai whakaaro tonu ki a koutou. Kia ora ra. So let's just jump into it. So what are the areas of the curriculum that appeal to you? Well, first and foremost, it's an absolute celebration 
that histories are going to be taught in our um, schools across the country. And um, I celebrate the fact that we will be learning, uh, all of our tamariki will be learning about um, general history on how the Māori um, arrive here, um, those uh, many years prior to the arrival of um, Pākehā here, and the the Tiriti of Waitangi at that time, and things that have happened since then through to now, which is uh, full of trauma. And as we talk and learn about these things, we understand each other more and we're able to heal from those things. So it's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be a, a navigation, finding yeah. our way and our feet. Hey, Christian, so as a youth MP in 2019, you were the youth MP for Chris Hipkins, who yeah. was the Minister and is the Minister for Education. How pleased are you to see this as becoming a reality? I would say, yeah, I, I'm very pleased. Um, I, I mean, it's been a long time coming, um, and you know, I acknowledge all those who, who have been fighting for it for a very long time. Mm. I'm very pleased, I think, as I think about it, you know, I am a little bit sceptical that it would be easy to gloss over some of the trauma that, are, that has been in our history, but I also mahi to my history teachers at school, um, and I mahi to, to our history teachers across the country who really want the best for their young people and the best, and the, yeah, and the best for our nation. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm pleased. Yeah, Graham, is there a good balance in the curriculum? I think, I think there is, um, and I think one of the real strengths of this curriculum is that it has... Um, at its heart, uh, a focus on rohi history, um, so in the, in the area where the schools are located, and that mana whenua are in the lead of that process of talking about that history. Um, so, so that's probably something that's been absent from history curriculums, is that focus on the local, local area. Yeah, you've been working, um, you know, with the ministry. Um, you've been actually advocating for this for many years. I remember interviewing you, you know, probably eight years ago on this, um, but just listening to Tikutayaho about the trauma, is that something you discussed when you were, you know, discussing this? Yes, um, I mean, I think the thing is, uh, you can't deny it, and it, and it need, people need to know about it, because I think if they do know about it, it will help um, in some of the decisions they make, some of the views they hold, uh, it will help them understand how we are today, and perhaps, you know, help map out a little bit of a pathway for the way forward. Yeah. Um, but the, the ministry also is aware that of this and there's work being done at the moment um, on, on difficult histories, difficult conversations mm. and, and helping give teachers the tools to be able to deal with some of the emotions that might come up yeah. um, in, in, this, in these histories. As a former teacher, mm. always a teacher, um, mm. how do you see that working in a, in a classroom setting? Oh, it's, yeah, it's totally possible. It's about how you navigate that space and take the children on a journey of learning and understand, opening them up to understanding that history has its positives, its negatives, and its, uh, you know, mamai, mm. and, um, uh, and talking about those things and uh, working through them. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you're both working um, for your iwi, you're doing some work for Ngāti Haua and obviously you're the head of culture at Ngāti Whātua. So when we hear um, in the curriculum or um, the implementation of that curriculum means that mana whenua are going to lead, mm. how do you envisage that happening? So, you know, a kura in your rohe coming, you know, would you expect um, them to come to you or would you be working with the Ministry of Ed? See, I, um yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased to work in a small capacity with, with um, Ngāti Haua. I would say 
it's interesting to look at how, because for, for me, and I know for, for, for many of our people, we learn our history from our kaumatua, we learn them from our kuia, from our koro, um, and it, you know, it's a taonga. They're, to they're some of the few taonga we have left, unfortunately. Um, and it's something that has to be held with respect. Mm. Um, and for me, I know that unfortunately, the system has suppressed that history for a long time. And, and I I'm excited and looking forward to it, it not doing that. But we have to place the obligation on, on learners um, and, and not on, on those who have had the history suppressed. So I think whatever it looks like, um, whether it looks like schools or the Ministry of Education approaching Rohe, approaching uh, mana whenua within, within the Rohe, hapu and iwi, it looks like doing it in a way that is tika, in a way that is pono, in a way that um, approaches such taonga with respect. Um, you know, I think as tangata whenua, I've always been brought up to be humble but proud of our tupuna, and I think we're very proud of our tupuna, um, and we want to share that, but sharing it and receiving it in a way that is, yeah, respectful. Very interesting there, Graham. So tell us about, you know, if you give us a little bit of an insight in, on how it might work. Um, well, I think the, the, the Ministry's guidance on this at, at the moment is that if, if schools in Kura already have a relationship with mana whenua, then just build on that and, and you know, that... that they already already begun, uh, you know, a, a reasonable way down the track. But for those schools that don't yet have that, or it's not particularly strong, um, I think the the biggest word is is, is really just slowly, um, and and alongside that is respect and let the mana whenua lead it. But um, engage too, and you can do that prior to actually any meetings that there might be by actually learning about the, the background of the iwi or hapu. Um, you know, there's plenty of materials online. There's Waitangi Tribunal reports. Um, and play the long game. You know, it's got to be based on respect, and it's got to be at a high enough level in a school where, where if staff members leave, then that relationship still was maintained. Um, and yeah, I think it's about that's, frameworks rather than individuals. Yes, it is. It's got to but, be. Uh, te ho, given you know your, your role at Ngati Fatua, does that sound like that's um, the right way, right way to go? Or, or, yeah, that's it's uh, a good way. Um, in my position, I'd um, welcome um, being at the table with the ministry and looking at ways, because um, we're quite uh, inundated with mahi. Mm. And so how can the ministry support me and my team um, and perhaps get a, a couple of people that uh, focus on... I think there's a few things. We could sit at the table and might want to make some short videos about our history, uh, might want to do some small documents that we can uh, feed into the local community, might want to work with a cluster mm. of kura that, uh, and the ministry support us to have two people going around uh, a half day here, a half day here in a circuit and then coming to the, that cluster, coming to our marae uh, six months later mm. type thing. So open to... Um, to working um, together on this and um, getting the support as well. Because you've given that you're a cultural expert and you're also a former kayako, mm. you would know how to turn that information into curriculum. Is it that is it that simple? Yeah, but you, you got to have a team and you got to have the time and the resource to do that. And that's my um, my ask to the ministry is to give us that support. Kapai, mm. Graham, what's your reaction to some of the um, opposition to this curriculum? Um, I, 
haven't heard a huge amount of opposition, and what I have heard in the, in the last little while has been um, uninformed, and uh, uninformed by the fact that there is the finalised um, document out. So there had been some criticism based on the first draft that it um, had gaps and uh, not enough detail. That was actually, uh, uh, well, not really intentional, but but our first showing to schools was that, mm. that of the very first draft was that it was too complex and too complicated. So we stripped stuff back to make it more accessible. Well, it looks like we stripped it back too far. To, I was just going to say before, well, I was going to get from all of you if I could, is how do you think it is going to strengthen or change our, well, just our national identity? Uh, I think um, people will be able to make decisions and um, have an understanding based on actually knowing our past rather than not knowing it or having um, either a very vague or possibly distorted understanding of our mm -hmm. past. And I think what might come from that, that's, that's for the generations that, as they're learning this, to decide on that. Um, the purpose of this curriculum really is just to inform people and explain that past, warts and all, um, and then, you know, future generations will take this where they want it to Christian, go. Christian, your thoughts? Um, on our national identity? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, How might it change for the next generation? I think it's really exciting for the next generation. Um, I really like what, what our, our, career, our career Dame Fina Cooper said, you know, so the way in which we teach children, what they see, what they hear, what they learn, so the shape of them, so will be the shape of Aotearoa. And I think that... As Graham said, the, the ideas of future leaders, of future voters, of, of people who come up with future ideas, the ideas that run in our country could be different. Not this idea of, and I know it's, it's sad, but this idea of the lazy Māori that we seem to have, that, that we gave up our land for, you know, guns and blankets. But the idea that, you know, there's been some, some big raru there's a lot of mamai, how do we move forward from that um, together? Yeah. Well, we're launching a waka here, and it is fantastic, and it's going to have its bumps, and that's fine, and we'll learn how to make this better. This is amazing, that we are going to grow the next generations to own our history and to own uh, who we are and our identity, which is specific. We're different to anybody in the world. So it's wonderful. And if this can be uh, the launcher into also us being a bilingual country and more in our kura across this country, it's a wonderful thing. I welcome it. Killed. Um, mm. Just quickly before we go, how might we measure it, the success of it? I'm, I'm not sure that the, this is not the sort of thing that um, the ministry wants to be test, you know, done by tests and things okay. like that. But I just think it will be, I think, I think we'll see an acceleration of the changes that are already happening. Tēnā We leave you tonight with a special clip by the Creative Natives, a new rendition of the classic kaupapa anthem Ngā Iwi e, featuring Monique Tepaya, Cheyenne, Hani Dredd, Hueta Maxwell, Matawai Winniata, Hokikepa, and Terina Nathana. It's available for download now on Apple Music. Nō reira, patua mō te hemo tonu atu. Nō
te reo te take. Nā te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.